Hello from Awakenite Country. This is Tim McCardo, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McCardo's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Awakenites. We're going to kick off our podcast this week with a really cool behind-the-scenes look at the college acceptance and the college application process. Um, this is the time of year where a lot of our seniors are getting uh, getting that that uh, uh, mail, uh, getting that email that's going to maybe decide uh, the rest of their life. Uh, you know, and, and it's a really exciting time of year. Uh, our seniors have worked very hard to put themselves in this position. It's been a long journey. It's not just something that they started doing this year. Uh, it's preparation for you know multiple years. So I have two uh, two guests here that uh, are on top of their game uh, in this in this area, and I'll have them introduce themselves and also uh, tell you what colleges they've been accepted so far. All right, um, I'm Maddie Heaney. I've been accepted to Roberts Wesleyan College, Damon College, and St. John Fisher. And I'm Elise Martinez, and I've been accepted to Penn State and University of Tennessee. Awesome, Elise. Why don't you talk to us about uh, you know. Your app, like what you did as far as your application process. So, when did you start, and why did you choose the two, you know, universities, uh, out of state, big universities, you know, to apply for? Um, well, I started off on Common App. Uh, I think I started around September. I wanted to get a head start on them, and I did apply to a couple other universities as well. But I do know. Um, some family that has went to both of the colleges. So I've heard great um, feedback from both of them. So Awesome. And as far as the, co- the if, if someone doesn't, maybe doesn't know about the, the Common App, talk to us about what that Common App is. So basically it's um, kind of like a universal, in a way, system where you can apply to many colleges at the same time. Most colleges are on there, but there are a few states that do not have some of their colleges listed. So you might have to go on a different website to fill out all your information, but it lets you fill out your essays and all your family information, your personal information, your school record, all of that. Awesome. And Maddie, why don't you talk to us about your experience, you know, how, how was it? Uh, did, did you use Common App for everything that you've gone so far? Um, you know, any, any, any uh, obstacles so far? Um, I also used the Common App. It made it a lot easier because you, you had like all your information and you just had to send it out to the colleges. Um, it, was, it was stressful in the beginning, but I started early, around like October, and I think that helped a lot because I didn't feel behind everyone. Um, but since it was stressful, I went to Miss Ronan and I talked to her a lot, and so that was important in like, getting the questions that I had answered, and so that made it a lot easier. Well, and you guys can both answer this. What do you guys think is the most important part of the application? I mean, because there's a lot of different components. There's obviously getting the recommendation letters. There's, you know, getting your transcript uploaded, all of your extracurriculars, um, you know, your, your, your essay. There's just a lot of pieces. I mean, I mean, what, what would you guys point to yours as what you felt was the most important part for you to get in? I would have to say like the essays are definitely one of the most important parts because if you procrastinate a lot, then you're never going to really get them done until last minute and it won't be the work that you really want. So, Yeah, and I'd say the essay too because like that's how they get to like know you really. You get to like express yourself through your words. So 
I'd say that's really important. Cool. Now let's talk about how you guys were notified that you were that that you know that that you were into these colleges. So you you hit the submit button, and then all of a sudden now it's the waiting game. You know, so talk to us about how long you had to wait on average, and then how did you first you know uh, how did you first know why don't you go, Manny? Um, it took about two weeks for like pretty much all the colleges. Um, the first one I got accepted to was Roberts Wesleyan. Uh, that was really exciting. I actually, I got an email first. Um, so I was at work when I got it. And so I was texting my mom and my dad um, in the break room and I was kind of like freaking out. Um, and then I got the, the stuff in the mail too. And that's how it worked for like all the, the other colleges. I got an email and then I got the paperwork okay. in the mail. So. Yeah, that's pretty similar with mine. Um, I applied early action for Penn State and University of Tennessee. So Penn State let me know on Christmas Eve, actually, wow. through email. And then University of Tennessee sent me actual like mail and papers and all of that earlier. Okay. So. I think a lot of our older listeners uh, you know, would, would kind of go to this one. I mean, when, when I w- applied to... You know, to college, um, you know, I was literally run, the first. I never really was a big go get the mail guy, but then once I had that application, I was like, you know, waiting on the mail guy for you know weeks on, on end. So it was just uh, brings back some cool memories. All right, so deciding. So you guys have like, I mean, talk about great options here. I mean, you put yourself in the driver's seat for some really good things. Uh, obviously, money is a part of this decision, I, I would assume, but you know. You know, what is your process? Walk us through how you're going to make a decision, and are you waiting to get into other colleges as well? Um, I have all the colleges that I want. Like, I am accepted to all the ones I wanted to go to. Uh, I think the biggest decision, I'm going to visit all of them, and just I'm going to see where I'm most comfortable because um, they all have great nursing programs, which is what I want to do. Um, and also another factor is the amount of money that I get for all the colleges, so... So what she means by that is they're, you know, each college is going to be, you know, sending her what their, you know, their financial package basically on based on how her grades are and the type of person that she is and, and what she qualifies for. Uh, so she'll then have to make a choice to see, you know, you know what, what package she gets the best. How about you, Elisa? And, and why don't you share your major with everyone as well? Um, I'm going for business management, and I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm still waiting back from like eight colleges, so... It'll really just depend on the money they give. I filled out a lot of scholarship um, paperwork for each of the colleges, so I have to see what I'm given and all of that. But yeah. yeah, awesome. I think you know one of the common threads that we hear, you know, a lot of people talk about is making that visit, and I think for you, you know, you know, with some of these colleges that are farther away, that's obviously a, a struggle. Do you see yourself wanting to be able to do that, or what, what do you see? Um, I've already visited all the colleges I applied to. Um, I was able to go to University of Tennessee and visit because I have family out there. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think you know we we, we highly recommend all of our. Uh, students to, you know, and as do the colleges, I mean, step foot, you know, on campus. So it's cool to see that you guys are following through with that and, and putting yourself in that spot because this is, will be one of the biggest investments that you'll make, you know, potentially for a long time, uh, you know, on, you know, with, with your future and financially. All right. So last thing is any, any tips, anything that you would, you know, so if, if, you know, any juniors, underclassmen are listening to this, um, you know, what tips now running that race, you know, getting through your freshman, sophomore, junior, you know, have almost halfway through your senior year application, you're into colleges, 
you know, what, what advice would you give to, you know, to the underclassmen, um, you know, that are out there still running the race? Um, get a head start and focus on your grades because you don't think they're that important, but they are, and it, it really counts. Um, and when you get to, like, your senior year, um, apply to scholarships because every single penny counts. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely don't let your grades uh, go downhill. Really try to keep them up more than you think you can because it'll really pay off in the end when you're applying to many colleges and really don't procrastinate. Really get ahead of the um, game here because um, time goes by really fast when yeah. you're applying to all these places. Awesome. Well, we're so proud of both of you guys for you know just you know bringing your A game to this process and you know, getting, you know, our school's name, you know, on the map with, with, with these great universities and colleges that you guys are accepted. And we really wish you luck as you kind of go through these final stages and making that selection. And, um, and yeah, we, we appreciate you coming in and giving everyone a behind the scenes look at the, at this very important process. So, uh, we always want to plug the student success center. If there's anything anyone needs, you know, working towards this process, obviously we, this is one of the many pathways that we love to see kids go college is one of them, uh, getting in the workforce, military, um, you know, so many different options that we have. So uh, take advantage of all of our resources and uh, thanks for tuning in and thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. Next up in the podcast, excited to continue our Winter Sports Spotlight. This week we're doing uh, the Boys and Girls Indoor Track uh, and Field. Our track and field teams are, have a long-standing success uh, filling up our, our trophy cases. Our girls team this year is the Section 5 defending champions of the indoor uh, from last year. And our boys uh, track team uh, won the outdoor championship last year in the spring. So uh, just a lot of success. Coach Leidenberg has done a great job and continuing to bring uh, grow our program, and uh, it's definitely one of the best programs in Section 5. Uh, I'm going to have our, our, our guests here introduce themselves and uh, share also with you uh, some of their um, events that they have. Um, in Harrington, I run the 300 and 600. I'm Ellie Sorensen. I do pole vault and run the 4x2. I'm Bella Conadorio. I do hurdles and sprints. I'm Christopher Altieri. I pole vault and do hurdles. All right, Chris, so uh, let's talk about the boys' track team so far this year. Talk to us about, you know, uh, you're, you're getting close to halfway into the season. How, how has it been going so far? The boys' team's looking great. We got some top scorers and good portion of events, and we got other people right on the edge of scoring points. Awesome. And, Allie, uh, give us a little look at how the girls are this year. Uh, the girls are doing pretty good. They're dedicated and hardworking, and we've got some good scorers as well. Awesome. And, you know, Aiden, let's talk about like, you know, indoor track, winter track, whatever you want to call it. People call it both things. Um, where, like for a person that has no idea, where do you practice? Like we don't have an indoor track facility here at our school. So let's give people a little look at where and how and what practice looks like indoors. Well, since it is winter, normally the weather's not very good. So we run inside, and we're actually fortunate enough that we kind of have a square loop, which is about 260 meters. So we do that, which we run, and then also from one end of the school to the other is about 200 meters. So we'll run on that. And then sometimes we have gym time where we can do pole vault and practice field events in the gym. 
So it's pretty cool that these guys have literally measured out every, you know, tile around the school and know exactly, you know, kind of what their workout is. But this winter has been a little unique, too, and as far as like, you know, you guys have been able to get outside. So how, how, how do you make that decision? What is the threshold of temperature? And when, and when you go outside, what does that look like? Well, actually, yesterday we went outside, so that was nice. Uh, basically, if it's just warm enough where you can actually run and get something out of it and not too windy... But Coach Hell really likes to get outside as much as he can, so if there's an opportunity to and there's no snow on the track, he tries to get out there. Yeah, awesome. Bella, talk to me about some of the facilities that you guys get to compete in. So, I mean, you know, unlike, you know, our other winter sports, everyone's going to other high schools, but because, obviously, high schools don't have these indoor facilities, talk about some of the facilities that you guys get to compete in and how cool it is to kind of be on some of these campuses. Um, we go to RIT, Houghton, Brockport, and Hobart, and other um, colleges, and it's pretty fun because you get to see like how um, nice the facilities are, and it's really fun to run on them. I love indoor track. Now, as far as the uh, the the, in, the indoor track and the outdoor track, there are there are some change you know some changes in the distances and some of the different events, but. Let's get specific as far as the training for the indoor. Chris, uh, talk to us about you know some of the things that you guys are doing specifically you know for this indoor season. Uh, most of the times with the indoor track, uh, you have to for field events at least you have to work more on drills because it's kind of it's hard to get access to what you need. Like high jumpers can't do a full approach because we don't have a huge space to do high jump. Pole vaulters, we don't have an indoor pit to actually do a full vault inside. So most, most of indoor is just training with drills that you can easily just do in the weight room or just with a short approach. Nice. And speaking of the weight room, Allie, we've recently have re, you know, we've gutted our weight room. We have a new, you know, a new space in there for, you know, for the most part. Uh, talk to us about how that, you know, how you guys have utilized that uh, so far this year. We actually spend a lot of time in the weight room. Everybody works pretty hard in there and the new equipment and stuff are very useful for our team and helps us get stronger for sure. And a new sound system. I mean, are you guys yeah. rocking that in there? Is that We are actually. So, so who gets to pick what music is actually being played? It changes every day, honestly. Nice. Yep. Um, so Big events coming up, Aiden. We have, you know, Aiden seems, before we started, we were kind of talking dates. He's got it all in his head, so I'll go right to Aiden here. Um, you know, big events coming up and kind of what the mindset is here of, of the team. Well, so big events in the next, like, about a month would be counties and then sectionals, which for those, you try to, like, have your best performances then. So the week before, you're not going to work as hard. You might take it back a little bit, but you'll still be practicing. But... The goal is to peak at sectionals, so then that will be our best performances because the goal is to win a sectional title. Absolutely. And speaking of that, uh, last question, Bella. You know, so last year you guys came in, the girls kind of, you know, you were, you know, coach always likes to kind of seed you guys, you know, going in. He doesn't talk about that, you know, of course, right up until that time. But, you know, you, you were kind of not seeded to win, you know, last year, um, and, and you won. You know, and I think, and it really showed the depth of your team and some of these like come from behind races with you being involved with one of them. How does now having that experience under your belt prepare you for like now this last stretch of the year going into the sectionals and kind of what your goals are? Um, it does get you really pumped up for sectionals, you know, hoping you win another patch. But at the same time, you do have a little pressure on your back, you know, not knowing um, 
if you're gonna win or like how high your expectations for yourself are and not knowing like how the outcome is gonna come but you just got to be patient with it love it and that that moment last year when you guys won that that relay like just like i want to relive that for a moment so like how did that feel you know like you know like how how cool was that it was amazing i didn't even know what was going on i was like just so tired after it but it felt good and Bella was the last leg of of the race, and that was the uh, what relay was that? Remind me. The four by four. The four by four. She was the last leg, and when you got the baton, how much ground did you have to cover? I would say fifty meters. Yeah, I mean it was a solid fifty meters, and not only did she you know catch and beat her, like she blew her away. Um, and it was just a great a great race, great moment for the program. It was awesome to be there to see that. So you guys are awesome. Appreciate your hard work. It's great to see these guys, in, you know, after school, just the heart, you know, the determination, the dedication for this sport. Um, and we're excited for the next uh, few weeks to see what you guys will bring. So good luck, and thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast today. All right, we'll finish up the podcast this week with Mrs. Rich. Uh, she has been very, very busy this week with a lot of great things going on. Um, our Cupcake Wars was this week, and hopefully we'll uh, get to talk about that today. But we're here to talk about um, her uh, Family uh, Consumer Science uh, Teachers Summit that she's put together uh, and hosted uh, this week. This is the fourth time that we've hosted this conference um, in the last four years. And what we've done is we have brought regional, invited all the different uh, fax teachers in the region to come to Leroy for this great day. And uh, again, uh, this year we had uh, over 10 uh, schools uh, join us uh, for a powerful uh, learning day um, with all of the fax teachers uh, you know, that, were, that wanted to be a part of it in our region. Um, so great to have you here on the podcast, Kristen. Uh, let's talk about uh, this day and give us, you know, our listeners, um, the logistics of what you try to accomplish when you when you create this day and what it kind of looks like. All right. Well, thank you for having me here. And what we try to accomplish during this day is a collaborative effort of sharing best practices and allowing uh, colleagues to collaborate and uh, try to fix or support each other with lessons that are successful or that might need some work and uh, definitely is a huge share of resources uh, of everything that's out there for all of the teachers in the area of our content and how we can do some cross-curricular work with other uh, people in the building. We had, like you said, 11 districts here today and two guest speakers and we learned quite a bit about diabetes first thing this morning as well as how to make hummus with the second presenter and it's a great way to get a plant-based protein. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think, you know, the the one thing that's unique is that, you know, we only have one fax teacher in our building and most districts uh, that are our size have one. I mean, if you have a own middle school and an own high school, then you probably have two. But, you know, the point is is that you know, there's you have no one to go collaborate with here in our building. I mean, as far as if someone that does what you do, so the kind of that's the spirit of this is that there seemed to be a a need to bring people together, create collaboration, create network. Um, you know, to have a a support to be able to best you know you know serve our students. Um, talk to us just about some of the. Uh, um, the the learning today around diabetes you know and or with with the with the lab that was demonstrated as well with the hummus i mean what were some of the cool takeaways that you had absolutely so the first thing about the diabetes that i learned that there's more than type 1 and type 2 underneath the um 
titles of type 1 and type 2, there's offshoots of different types of diabetes, and some of them are um, environmental related and others are genetically related. And how your body will utilize uh, insulin or not, it will be determined on these factors, and each person is basically different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and type 1 and type 2 also show a lot of the same symptoms of like blurred vision and increased thirst and um, even used to be called the starvation disease type type one because small children would have it as you know infants or small children and they would literally eat themselves because their body was looking for protein that was not getting utilized by their cells hmm. so that was something that we learned wow. today and uh, going for the hummus it was interesting to see how simple and easy it is to put together and basically, it costs no money. Hmm. A, a can of chickpeas costs 50 cents. And you can add in some uh, garlic, you can add in some basil, you can add in um, roasted red pepper like we did, and you have a versatile, high-fiber protein. Well, I had, a, I had a taste of it. I got to tell you, it was, uh, wow, it was really good. So to think that it costs that amount with just those few ingredients, I mean, how, I mean it's a great healthy uh, it's a great healthy snack, or Absolutely. you can do it anything you want with that. More Absolutely. than more than a snack. So, yes, um, you know, I think what's really important about what you do is is giving the life skills, um, you know, to our students. So whether it's in your housing or your wellness, you know, in cooking and cooking and and fabric and creating, there's just so many things. And I think that you know, you talk to a person on the street. Oh well, today you know, in schools, kids are you know not learning these things, but. It's exactly what your job is on a daily basis. Why don't you give give us just a, a quick hit of just some of the things that you're seeing kids create and in, in, in you're having them do in any of your classes? All right. So food and nutrition, we, are, um, we just did our cupcake war, which was really cool. They had to research um, ideas for cupcakes, and they got to use any resources that they want to. And most of them went on, like, the Food Network or Pinterest, and they found something that was different yet um, something that they felt like they could create. The wellness classes right now, we're ending our uh, nutrition, cooking, baking unit, and they're learning how to completely sustain themselves on just a few basic ingredients that they can have at home and as well as for their family, and they don't have to spend a ton of money, and they actually have to cook a meal for their family at home. Mm. My clothing and textiles class currently is working on a recycled jeans project instead of just throwing out your pair of jeans or donating them to goodwill or whatever which is great also but if you could take a pair of jeans and make christmas ornaments or a bookmark or a bag or an organizer or a pillow and of course a pair of jean shorts or even modifying it to make a skirt how you can make one pair of jeans turn into four or five different items yeah it's i mean it's awesome i mean it's our, our kids uh love love you and love love the class and it's just really cool to watch um what they produce how they do it their energy their passion and i think you know that's why we had over 10 districts here today i think they know that you know how powerful and important this course is and 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 what you know what the impact is on kids um finally you know you this year for the second time you know in the last seven years took home the big trophy for we have our holiday uh, cookie day where uh, we ask staff to make um you know get into this competition and and create their own uh, holiday cookie which is judged by our esteemed judges in the cafeteria our cafeteria staff do a great job with the judging and uh, you walked away with with your second trophy talk to us about what you made I had put together a chocolate mint Oreo bark by melting 
white chocolate, milk chocolate, and then grinding up candy canes and stirring that in and then crushing um, mint Oreos and red Oreos for the festive color and then drizzling the other melted chocolates over the top and breaking it into small-ish pieces. Yeah, and it, it was over the top and uh, I'll tell you, it was really good. So she she gets to keep our, our trophy, which is a gingerbread man. It has all the names of the people that have won it. Uh, they get to keep it in their room for a whole year. So, you know, it's back to a, a good good home back in Proudly the... displayed. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, thanks again uh, for coming on. And it was just, it was, and we appreciate you hosting, uh, you know, the conference and representing our school the way that you did uh, today. And uh, we're excited for to see what our students are going to be making uh, in your classroom. So thanks again. Stay tuned. Finish off the podcast this week with my social media pick of the week. Um, I'm choosing my Thursday night picture of the varsity wrestling team and the youth wrestling team together on the mat. Uh, the before the senior night match uh, on Thursday night, the youth uh, wrestling program uh, had some bouts, and it was an awesome uh, night uh, to see the young and 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 future nights with our varsity nights. And it just uh, was a, a great moment to be able to capture that big team photo um, and just showing how how the growth of our wrestling program is from the bottom up. Um, our members, our community members and alumni have done a great job in, in getting the uh, youth program uh, going again at a high clip. And uh, it's really paying dividends uh, for, our, for our program here, Modified Through Varsity. So really cool night. Uh, check out that picture and, and the pictures from that night from uh, Leroy Wrestling. Uh, really doing a great job. Hope everyone enjoyed the podcast this week. And uh, we have no school on Monday for MLK Day. So I wish our Knights a nice three-day weekend. Uh, we're coming close to the end of our uh, first semester. So if you use this weekend to finish strong. And as always... Go Knights.